0: Wrap up Lucha de Mayo 2022 with another Luchador movie here on the podcast, devoted to the classic and sometimes not so classic genre cinema of yesteryear. I'm talking about Monster Kid Radio. I'm your writer, host, producer, Derek Kim Cook, and I'm thrilled to bring to you the discussion about another Luchador monster movie. We're gonna get to that, but first I want to say thank you and congratulations to the band The Delstroyers. They just released a new album this month. And for the past couple of weeks, we've been playing their music. We're playing their music one more time. This time around, we're playing the song Ogre Island. The name of their new album is 10,000 Ways to Die. They are a surf band based out of Seattle, Washington. And depending on when you hear this, you may be able to run down to catch them live at the Kraken Bar and Lounge in Seattle. They're playing on May 28th. On June 10th, they're playing at Shanty Tavern in Seattle. On June 24th, they're playing at Daryl's Tavern in Shoreline, Washington. And on July 16th, they're playing in the Blue Room in Bellingham, Washington. Go check them out. Let them know that you heard about them here on the podcast. Of course, you can always just go pick up their album as well over at thedellstroyers.bandcamp.com Big thanks to them for letting us play their music here on the show. Okay, it is the final episode of Lucha de Mayo here on Monster Kid Radio, and we're going out with a heck of a fun film. We're going out with a movie that you know, I've actually been wanting to talk about for a little while, and just kind of randomly ended up picking this one to talk about with this week's guest. It's Santo versus Frankenstein's daughter. It was recently released as part of that eight movie Blu-ray box set that came out not too long ago from MVD Visual, and who else is involved in this? VCI Entertainment, obviously their organizations with excellent taste because they decided to put out some Santo movies on Blu-ray. So, we're going to talk about a Santo movie that is currently out on Blu-ray. We're talking about Santo versus Frankenstein's Daughter and we're talking about the movie with somebody who's never been on the show before, yet he's another Steve. We have a handful of Steves in the Monster Kid Radio Irregulars uh, Rogues Gallery Radioheads, whatever y'all want to call yourselves. It's cool, as long as you call yourself my friend because I love having you here on the show. Steve Bowen is joining us this week to talk about this movie. He also recently got his hands on that Blu-ray set. We're going to talk about the movie, talk about why we liked it so much, talk about why it didn't really bother us all that much that this Blu-ray is nothing but dubbed versions of these movies. It's a good time. It's a great box set. You know, if you want to pick up the movie for yourself, it's still available over on Amazon. There's going to be a link in the show notes to the Amazon link because we are an Amazon affiliate. Go to monsterkidradio.net. To check that out. That's what we're going to be getting to this week. Of course, it would not be an episode of Monster Kid Radio if we didn't have Kenny's look at Famous Monsters of Filmland and Mark Matsky's beta capsule review, which I think we're going to be getting into here any moment.
1: the greatest classic monster conference ever, Monster Bash is happening June 24th, 25th and 26th at the Marriott Pittsburgh North, nestled in the beautiful green hills north of the city vendors of classic monster merchandise will be featured, with over a hundred tables of fantastic collectibles find the stuff your mom threw out years ago, guests of honor at Monster Bash that you can meet and get autographs from include Hammer's Caroline Monroe, the son of John Wayne actor Patrick Wayne the cast from the 1970s TV show Land of the Lost, Wesley Ewer, Kathy Kloman, and even a Stack, Plus, Beverly Washburn from Spider Baby, One Step Beyond, and Old Yeller. Pittsburgh special effects wizard, actor and director Tom Savini. Jeremy Ambler from TV's The Walking Dead. John Russo from the original Night of the Living Dead. And TV horror host Son of Ghoul, Drack and Countess Corita, Mr. Lobo, and more. Over 1,000 fans of classic monster movies just like you will call Monster Bash home this June. A film fest, question and answer sessions with the stars, wall-to-wall vendors, and all the classic monster excitement you can take. Go, Go to, to monsterbash.us now for details. That's monsterbash.us and join fans from across the country. It's the Monster Bash. Monster Bash.
2: After 70 million years, Dinosaurus, roaring, walking, destroying, Dinosaurus, the most amazing adventure since the beginning of time, Dinosaurus. For these people there could only be shock and dismay. For who among them could believe that out of the primordial slime had come these creatures? The huge Brontosaurus, the ferocious Tyrannosaurus, even a primitive caveman. Panic-stricken, horrified, did they have the courage, the ingenuity to survive? How do we get word out, hacker? Mailboat will be in tomorrow morning. By tomorrow we could all be dead.
3: We are going to be friends. You and me
2: sights never before seen on the screen a 60-ton dinosaur tamed by a small boy and a caveman a caveman loose in a modern home the death duel of the dinosaurs a girl caught by the dread tyrannosaurus the battle between giant monster and monster machine Moat of fire. It's holding him. Yeah, but for how long?
3: The following announcement is a special bulletin direct from American International. It may be too late. Our planet may be doomed. Armies have been alerted. The hotlines are in constant use. Civilization is in chaos. The monsters are in revolt. Now a direct report. This is J-Web in New York. Godzilla is laying waste to the city. The citizens have never known such fear. At the same time Rodan is attacking Moscow, the city is alert for military action. In London, Manda is spreading horror in its path. And in the Far East, Peking trembles under the wrath of Mothra. We must destroy all monsters. Yes, destroy all monsters, or our civilization will be destroyed. Destroy all monsters is a motion picture. See for yourself. It really could happen. Destroy all monsters in color from American International is rated G for general audiences.
4: Live from the land of light in Nebula M78, home of the mighty ultraheroes, it's Monster Kid Radio's beta capsule review. Working on behalf of the Terrestrial Defense Force, Dr. Miyabe invents a magnetic force field to protect the Earth from alien invasion with the code name Project Blue in the 19th episode of Ultra 7. But the personal cost for his innovation will be high. It's a time of relative peace on planet Earth, so much so that Furuhashi complains to the captain that he's concerned about getting out of shape. As Project Blue is being installed and tested, Dr. Miyabe takes a much deserved holiday to his countryside home, where he and his beloved wife Grace make plans for a few quiet days in the shadow of Mount Fuji. An earthquake strikes their home, but sensing no further danger, the couple retires for the night. Miyabe is awakened by a monster at his bedside, but when it disappears, Grace suggests it was a nightmare caused by his exhausted mind. The next morning, with Grace off running errands, Miyabe is startled when his kitchen table begins to levitate, revealing a metallic staircase leading deep beneath the home. His curiosity gets the better of him, and he explores the opening only to be trapped and taken prisoner by alien Bado, who's had the wherewithal to construct a base housing a flying saucer beneath the professor's house. Bado tells Miyabe in true villainous fashion of his heinous past, he wiped out all intelligent life on Pluto, and his present plan to blow up the Earth. The only problem for Bado is Project Blue. His spacecraft got through in time, but a subsequent ship exploded on contact with the magnetic barrier. Bado menaces Miyabe and Grace to extract the plans for Project Blue, but the professor resists. Can he buy enough time for the Ultra Guard, and Seven, to intervene? Project Blue is hard to characterize. Between Linda Mabry's campy performance as Grace Miyabe, Alien Bado's exquisitely strange and butt-like head, and Elfin curly boots, not to mention his wrestling-style struggle with Ultra Seven, there's a lot going on, but it's undeniably entertaining. Elements of horror, sci-fi, and domestic comedy collide in an episode that's not necessarily great, but is definitely memorable, and sometimes that's just as well. Back to Linda Mabry for a moment. Not only did she appear in the MGM Toei Studios film, The Green Slime with Richard Jekyll and Luciana Paluzzi, but she enjoyed a successful career in Japan as a model and singer. In a fairly recent interview, Mabry revealed that she learned her lines for Ultra Seven phonetically, sounding out each word. But in the end, her voice was overdubbed anyway. For Monster Kid Radio's Beta Capsule Review, this is Mark Matsky reporting.
5: distant stars, the lonely, helpless Earth, the 21st century, the world of the future, and lurking beyond the cold, strange immensity of conquered space, growing and spreading beyond the warped imagination of the greatest human intellect, exploding in unspeakable horror, The Green Slime. The civilized world at war with alien form whose slimy touch means instant, horrible death. Invaders from beyond the stars. The Green Slime. Robert Horton. Luciana Paluzzi. Richard Jacobs. You make too many mistakes. You're not right for command. This is my command, and I'll manage it. Two men struggle for survival in the infected remains of a diseased universe. (laughs) Don't (laughs) ask (laughs) any questions. One woman searches for a last chance to save the human race from the desperate hunger of the green slime. in space against faceless beings. A cosmic nightmare that sends you into the incredible, the shark world of... Dream, slime. Dream slime.
2: The fantastic duel of the century, the most ferocious battle in history. The flesh and blood King Kong fights his most incredible enemy, a sixty-foot robot King Kong forged of super steel. King Kong escapes. All new, all thrilling in Technicolor. King Kong battles missiles, monsters, and a King Kong of steel. King Kong escapes. A Toho Company limited picture, a Universal release. Hello there, Monster Kid Radioheads. This is Kenny with a look at famous monsters of filmland. we continue our look at 1964's article Mexicreatures from FM29. We will hear about four different Mexican monster movies, guaranteed to whet your appetite for more. Let's get started.
6: In The Revived Monster, El Monstruo Resucitado, a girl visits the house of a masked scientist. The house is located in a cemetery as the scientist likes to be close to his work. The girl cons the scientist into removing his mask, revealing him as a second cousin of the Phantom of the Opera. In other words, His puss is a mess. The heroine also manages to get some inkling of the strange experiments the doctor is working on. When the experimenter discovers the girl is just a reporter after a newspaper story, he gets rather upset. The only headlines he is interested in are the lines in the forehead of a dead body which he has managed to bring back to life. He has given his zombie a new brain in the bargain, and now sends the monster forth to kidnap the girl. The zombie obeys fairly well, but will not go along with harming the girl. When the scientist himself attempts to kill her, the zombie goes zats, and zats it for z scientist. Pepito and the monster is, surprisingly, just what the title indicates. A little boy has a run-in with a monster. Before the film runs out, Pepito is chased all over the place by the bogeyman, but in the end the police arrive just in time to save him from becoming a monster mash. All this uproar never would have happened to Pepito if he'd been in school studying his English lessons good like a Mexican boy should. Phantom of the Convent, El Fantasma del Convento, is a conventional ghost story. Three travelers spend the night in an abandoned convent and become involved with several monks who are in reality long dead mummies from the catacombs below. It seems that once upon a time one of these monks sold his soul to the devil. One of the travelers is also interested in such a devilish bargain, but decides against it when he gets to thinking about the brimstone he'll get in the end. In Hellface, Rostro Infernal, a sinister count who conceals a monstrous face with a mask, uses his automatons to kidnap some of the world's greatest minds and talents. He is plotting to rule the world. After a big chase the count is counted out and the heroine, as well as the world, are saved. To be continued. Next time read about The Curse of the Aztec Mummy Nostradamus and the Monster Destroyer Orlick, the Hell of Frankenstein Throw Me to the Vampire The Phantom of the Operetta and many others.
2: You will see part two of this article the next time Derek visits South of the Border on Monster Kid Radio. That is all for this week's look at famous monsters of Filmland. We will have more next time for NKR. This is Kenny saying adios.
5: A monstrous nightmare of terror. Turn loose in a fight to the death. The robot versus the Aztec mummy.
2: will bring you a night of terror
5: we dare you to see them but don't come alone
2: Sluck!
5: a love stranger than king kong a monster more powerful than godzilla widescreen color rated pg This is Count Dracula, and I'm here to offer you a friendly warning. Derek and his guests often get excited, and occasionally this results in revealing key plot points of the movies they're discussing. You know how the children of the night, ah, I mean monster kids, can get sometimes. So consider yourself warned. And don't come begging to me to kill them for their transgressions afterward. I have more pressing issues to take care of, like that pesky von Helsing.
0: Okay, listeners, it's Lucha de Mayo. It's the last week of Lucha de Mayo 2022, so you know we gotta get one more Luchador movie in. And I gotta do it with somebody who's never been on the show before, because, I mean, come on, it's great to add new voices to the mix, and this time around... We have Steve Bowen on the show. Now, Steve's been a listener of the show for a long time. He participates in the chats at the Monster Kid Movie Club movie stream. And specifically, the reason why I'm having him on this week is because he's assured me that he is fluent in Spanish, and he'll be able to pronounce every one of these characters' names and actress names correctly, complete with the rolling R's. Am I right there?
7: I think that's the first time I've heard you tell a bold-faced line over 500 <laughs> episodes. But, okay. Oh, that's a, wrong, Steve. Wrong, Steve. That's
0: um, Oh, okay. Well, I got you on the line anyway, so might as well talk about Santo versus Frankenstein's Daughter. How you doing, man?
7: I'm doing great, of it. <laughs>
0: I'm excited. I'm excited to get into talking about this movie. I like having new people on the show, too. You know, I never know how it's going to go, but I feel like we've interacted enough online that, you know, we're friends. Let's just talk about a Luchador film, you know? Sounds good to me. Before Luchador de Mayo became a thing on Monster Kid Radio, before you started watching these movies, um, you know, for this particular episode in particular, particular episode in particular. Yeah, I know what I've said. Anyway, before this... (laughs) Are you a fan of these
7: movies? you have a lot of luchador movie experience? It's funny. I never saw a luchador movie until about 20 years ago in the early 2000s when they seemed to all of a sudden become available on DVDs. And I was grabbing them as fast as I could find them. But I was coming in as a newbie, and I still consider myself a newbie. I don't know that much about it. I just know that I like them. And I came into them because of my love for horror movies. In the course of doing that, I've come to appreciate Santo and the whole wrestling thing, but which is still not something I was ever a fan of before that because I never watched wrestling as a kid. When I was a kid, you know, we had four TV channels, and the only time you could watch wrestling was at 11.30 p.m. on Saturday night, and that's the exact same time that one of the other channels showed Shock Theater. So I was watching Shock Theater. I never watched wrestling, <laughs> so hey. I didn't know much about it. You so, do a
0: final uh, horror hosted program. You watch that program.
7: I, you know it's, that, that's that's uh, right. So I, and again, back then I was watching all the you know American and the Hammer movies. Never saw a Mexican horror movie until the mid eighties. I think it was on maybe USA Network, oh, Captain wow. USA, Commander USA, maybe. And I saw I don't know what movie it was, but it was in a cave and there were coffins and cobwebs and skeletons and vampires. And I thought I don't know what this is, but this looks cool and few years later, all of a sudden, I could get my hands on these movies on DVD, and I'm still selecting still DVDs. And the new box set that's in Blu-ray, I was excited to get that because finally I can see them high-definition, widescreen, and they look great.
0: Heck yeah. Heck yeah. I know there's been some people that have uh, been kind of down on the fact that this collection is dubbed, but you know, I'll tell you what. The more luchador movies in the world, the better. I don't care if they're dubbed or subtitled or whatever. I I love my movies, you know, as original as possible. So yeah, I do want to see them subtitled. But this is a box set of what? There's eight movies in here, and they're pretty decent transfers. Sure, they're dubbed, but let's be honest. I love these movies, but are we watching these movies for the 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 tightly written dialogue and the crisp witty writing? No, we're not.
7: So I think I'm watching it because I just love I love the way the Mexican horror movie producers dressed up their movies. They always gave me what I wanted as a as a kid and, a, and as an adult. They just knew how to put the things on a screen that I just expect to see in a horror movie. So, uh, I just enjoy looking at that.
0: You know, and this one in particular, I had seen it years ago. Uh, then, the box set comes along and I watched the box set and I even showed it last Saturday during the movie stream. It's kind of like a surprise, kind of, at the end of the night kind of thing. And I had forgotten how many horror movie trappings, classic horror movie trappings, this movie has? I think we picked a good yeah. one to talk about.
7: Yeah. In fact, they, they actually, I don't know if stole is the right word, they borrowed a lot of trappings from some other classic movies that I couldn't help but notice as I was watching this.
0: Right. So, so what did you pick up on? Because I, you know, I, I got just caught up in the graveyard set. I want to see well, more wrestling in graveyards, graveyard. you
7: know. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a pretty. I don't, That was a pretty cool looking graveyard. kid. I thought that. I thought that looked pretty good. Right. Uh, I, well, I couldn't help but compare the owl that they always showed during outdoor scenes with the owl that was in Bride of Frankenstein at the beginning of the movie when he was. Oh yeah. It, it seemed. It seemed like whatever something happened at the beginning of Bride of Frankenstein, underneath you know the, the windmill tower that collapsed, the owl was witness to it. And anytime something happened outdoors in this movie. They would show the owl witnessing the fight or whatever's going on in the graveyard. So I, That reminded me of that.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree. There, the the owl was cool. Uh, it felt very. well, you say Bride of Frankenstein? I didn't think Bride of Frankenstein at all. I, I was just like a cool graveyard. But how does the original Frankenstein movie open? In a cool graveyard. So I mean,
7: in a cool <laughs> graveyard. Exactly. I thought about that too. The very first thing is grave robbers. In Frankenstein Frankenstein and in this movie also, you're you're right. And also in this this movie also, comparison to Bride of Frankenstein, and we'll get to it later in the plot, but there is a doomsday liver.
0: (laughs) 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 I couldn't help but notice that. Yeah, so there's a lot, I mean, clearly there's a lot of Frankenstein. It's Santos versus Frankenstein's office, so clearly there's a lot of Frankenstein in here. And and a lot of the trappings of the Universal Horror, you know, that great... I need more Luchador matches in graveyards. And I've talked about this yeah. on the show. I'm, I'm a big fan of pro wrestling, you know, and the more spooky and supernatural you get with it, the better. I You know, I, I love that. As much yeah. as it kind of takes it out of the quote-unquote real world of sports. I, I want, yeah. <laughs> you know, wrestling matches <laughs> to take place in cemeteries. And I want, you know, The Undertaker doing the spooky Undertaker stuff. And I want devils and demons running around. And, you know, I, I want that stuff in my wrestling. I love it.
7: Yeah. This movie gives it to you. And, right? and this movie, another thing I, I appreciate about this movie particularly, they did not put any comic relief in this. A lot of movies they do. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it really does not work. And this movie had no comic relief. And I appreciated that. It, it was, really it kind of played it straight. Yeah, it
0: played yeah. it real straight. I
7: mean, it didn't. And I, I, I watched The Treasure of Dracula a couple of nights ago, and there's a comedic character in there that. They obviously supposed to look like Jerry Lewis. They just drove me crazy. I still love the movie, but that sure. character was kind of hard to ignore. <laughs> sure. This movie, I sure. love it. This movie was just a straight, except for the fact there's a masked wrestler in it.
0: It was a straight horror movie. It really had some cool moments, and and every once in a while, something would happen to remind you that this is not necessarily just for kids to watch their favorite wrestler. There there are some moments in here. People getting acid dumped on them and people dying yep. on screen and in relatively I mean it's bloodless for the most part, but relatively gruesome ways. Uh the Frankenstein monster. <laughs> what happened to him?
7: Uh, I, I didn't see just, that. I didn't see that coming. Looking Frankenstein monster. I've I've seen I've seen worse looking Frankenstein monsters in other Frankenstein movies, and this one look this one looked pretty good, I thought.
0: It really did. I've seen worse looking Frankenstein monsters in other luchador movies. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and I love them, You know, but yeah. Frankenstein with a Fu Manchu mustache is
7: not nearly as menacing as this guy. Yeah. And this <laughs> doctor, you know, the, the mad doctor, you know, Freda Frankenstein. She, she's a pretty evil villain in this. She's a oh. cold hearted. She is a cold hearted mad scientist. She really is. If you fail her one too many
0: times, and usually that just means once, mm-hmm. you're done. Yeah. You're done. If she seems to have a
7: thing for ga- for gouging eyes out. She threatens it a couple of times in the movie, and one of her henchmen has one eye. I'm assuming she's the reason he only has one eye, but I don't know. Right? Yeah, I was
0: pretty shocked by that too. This one, this one really delivered on a lot of different levels. So it had a lot of mad scientist stuff going on, but the overall, yeah. the overall story is: you've got this female scientist, this mad doctor, it's right, science daughter, who has this serum that she's been using to prolong her life. And it's starting to lose its efficacy. And there is some it's halfway decent old age makeup, I suppose. You don't see yeah, transformation don't on screen from old age makeup to you know, what she looks like at the time of filming. But it still yeah. works. You, know, you can kind of still see what's going on. Um, but it's so much more than that. Because she's also made a man like her father did. Uh, made a monster, I guess, like her father did. Yeah. Uh, she's got a whole bunch of minions and henchmen. That are also hooked on the serum and if they don't do what she wants them to do (laughs) she cuts them off and it usually leads to their death uh she's got not just this group of minions that she's working with but there are other people in positions of authority specifically a sheriff type who's also under her i guess for lack of a better term thrall uh yeah it's hooked on the stuff too so it you you get about halfway through the movie and suddenly you're like well who, who can we trust Santo, uh, you can't exactly. just leave the two girls with the, the guy in the Jeep. I, I know he says he's your biggest fan, but how do we know that he's not going to turn out to be hooked <laughs> on
7: the serum, you know? Yeah, no, that guy in the Jeep was really kissing up to Santo, but yeah, he was about the only other good guy in the whole movie. <laughs> and, and and I'm wondering what, ha- what happens to him when he's working on the Jeep, and all of a sudden, the, you know, the girls get kidnapped, and they don't even show the guy. Did, did he not try to stop him? Did he even know about it? We don't know. They didn't show him. Right. Yeah, that's for the sequel. That's for the sequel. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, I'd love to see that sequel. Uh,
0: you know, I, like I said, I hadn't seen this in a very long time. So I sat down to watch it for the show for this. When that whole sequence yeah. happened, like, I guess in my head, I had imagined this. And I don't think it happens in the movie. But my brain started filling in these blanks that at the end of the movie, he's at the wrestling match watching along with everybody else. Now, I know he wasn't. <laughs>
7: But, it, cause,
0: <laughs> but that's how my brain kind of put it all together, you know, to kind of justify yeah. him. Well, he there. was
7: invited back to the locker room to meet Santa afterwards, so maybe he was there. Right, right. <laughs> oh. and I couldn't help but notice that, uh, speaking of all of her Hitchman, just like a good episode of Star Trek, uh, she has a, a crew of red shirts. I don't know why they all wear red shirts. <laughs> Literally. They all wear matching <laughs> red shirts. <laughs> I guess that helps us differentiate the good guys from the bad guys. But in this movie, everybody's a bad guy except our three heroes. Pretty much. Pretty much.
0: Um, And some decent wrestling, too. You know, like I said, I'm a huge wrestling fan. So whenever I can see some cool wrestling matches, I'm there. And Santo... Of of the big three, to me, sometimes he's kind of the least exciting to watch as a wrestler. Because he gets in there and he just starts pounding on people. But in this one... There's right. you know, headlocks, there's head scissor takedowns, there's stretches, there's all sorts of cool stuff going on. Uh, you know, no cross body stuff like no Moscow or anything like that, but there's some cool stuff right. happening in the ring too. And he was one of the co producers of the film, so of course he's gonna make himself look good, which is
7: great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought they were handled. I mean the, the the two wrestling scenes that took place in actual arena. I didn't think were obtrusive to the movie; they they fit in well where, where they were, and the rest of the wrestling actually was part of the plot in whatever scene we were in in the movie. So I, the the wrestling took place where it should have in this movie, I think.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and sometimes it does feel a little like you said obtrusive. It just it's like okay, and now we have a ten minute long wrestling scene brought you by Pepsi. You know, just yeah. <laughs> but but in and this I case, it didn't feel wonder... like that.
7: The, I don't I don't speak Spanish, but, you know, I'm, the announcer in the English dub version, he was very, very enthusiastic as he's given the play-by-play, and I can't help but wonder how it sounded in comparison to the original Spanish-language announcer giving his play-by-play because this guy in the English version, he was excited. I mean, he—he he, you could tell he was just worshipping the ground that Santa walked on as, as he's given this play-by-play. I thought it was kind of funny.
0: Right. Yeah, so the version that I showed last uh, this past weekend – was uh, subtitled, and I don't think it was right. an official subtitle. I think uh, what we ended up with was a situation where we had some like fan subs done, which you see a lot of. Okay. That. um Yeah. It, a lot of these movies that don't have official releases here in the states, somebody will go right. on and create like a a fan sub version of something, and I think that's what this was. Uh, but it was pretty. I mean, the story you are able to follow along. It seemed pretty.
7: Yeah. Pretty similar. I, I
0: did compare it
7: about. I think it was about 19 years ago. I did get my hands on a nice DVD of this movie, and it gives you the option of listening to it in Spanish or English. Okay. And uh, a couple of nights ago, I did watch about half of it in Spanish, just, just to see it. It's the exact same movie, same running time, no difference at all, except it's not widescreen. It's 4 by, four by 3 letterbox, And it has the subtitles. Now, how accurate the subtitles are, I don't know, but it was closely matched what's in my English language blu-ray right so i did at least one there. sort of a sort of a side by side comparison but they're similar you know except for the widescreen they're, they're pretty similar right. of course the dhd blu-ray looks 10 times better but that dvd was i was still it was a nice set of dvds back in the early 2000s this company called rise above i don't know how many they put out i think i've gotten nine of it they put out several sanitary movies and all of them are the option of english or listening to them in spanish so it's, it's kind of nice to have that option on those on those DVDs.
0: Right on. Yeah, I I don't speak Spanish. I've talked about this on the show repeatedly, and even though Steve here told me he spoke Spanish just to convince me to give him the okay to be on the show, no, <laughs> just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, I know there are Spanish speakers out there, and I'd be curious to hear uh, some comparisons. You know, maybe talk to Kenny. He does he speaks both. So. Uh, if anybody out there knows how how close or how accurate the subtitles are to the dub or vice versa I'd love to hear it I'm curious if the and I didn't pay attention this time and I should have the final match at the very end of the show which is just kind of like a nice little we go out with a good match that's about it I mean the story is pretty much done at that point did they say in the dub version who he's wrestling do you remember
7: yeah it was Oh, it was a Japanese... Was it Yamaguchi? Or y- I, I just want to say it's a Japanese wrestler. Yeah,
0: and I saw the dub that I have, including the subtitle that I was watching, also said Yamaguchi. But I don't know anything about this guy. The only Yamaguchi that I can find when I do some research online is a manager from the WWE.
7: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not him. And I, don't know, <laughs> I don't know enough about American or Mexican wrestlers to know if, if this is a real person or not. But I do know it in the first match at the beginning of the movie the announcer was enthusiastically telling us that whoever won this match would go on to fight the japanese wrestler okay uh and then at the end of the movie chanto does fight the japanese wrestler
0: i'd like to know a little bit more and that's that's the downside to a lot of these movies is that we just don't have the resources up here in the u.s for a lot of material,
7: I got a couple of books on these things, but they don't go do into enough detail for me to right. Get same the kind of answers, answers I want to find my questions.
0: Yeah, and I've got a couple of books here too, and that's about as far as my knowledge goes. I love them though. I will sit and watch these things for hours on end. I absolutely, yeah. love them. the world that yeah. these these Luchador movies exist in. Santo flagging down some guy who just happens to be his biggest fan. <laughs> I know that. Yep. In any other movie, any other movie, that would be <laughs> the moment where us as an audience would be rolling our eyes, saying "really," but uh, in this case, it <laughs> makes perfect sense. Of course, he's <laughs> Santo's yeah. biggest fan. It's Santo, you know.
7: Of course, and how does he know it's really Santo? Anybody could put a silver mask on, but he believes it's the real one, so I'll ah. take his word for it.
0: And I'm glad you brought up the mask because he <laughs> does get demasked in this, which. You don't see a yeah. lot, especially with the Santo films. Now we don't actually see him; it's all his heads to the back of the or the back of the head to the camera, kind of thing. But there's a right. few moments where Frankenstein's daughter pulls off the mask and reacts as if she's seen like the face of an angel. <laughs> yeah, which we've already kind of been fed, set up for, because the girlfriend
7: early in the movie, Norma, you know, brags to her sister Elsa that you know when they're alone, of takes you passed off for her, so he must really like his girlfriend yeah Uh, yeah speaking of frankenstein throwbacks it's a reach i know but there is a character named elsa in this movie and there was an elsa in a frankenstein movie so i I was i pulled that that's a really good call she's not an elsa frankenstein but she's an elsa in a frankenstein movie so it sort of of rang a bell sounded familiar when i heard that name that's a really good point something i didn't really
0: pick up on or catch it's just like oh okay but no you're absolutely right uh, the Dr. Frankenstein in this is played by Gina Roman, who I know nothing about, but I really liked her in this. I thought she was evil and, and wicked where she needed to be, and like we talked about earlier, just cold-hearted. If you're many, she was if you're, very cold-hearted. Do not work for her. <laughs>
7: <laughs> I read that she was in a previous Sante movie in one of my books, but it's not one that I have, so I haven't seen it. But...
0: Really? Yeah. Well, no, I want to know. <laughs> uh,
7: and, I, and I don't have my book in front of me. But yeah, I, I want to say I read that. Uh, and also, speaking of this movie, the director, from what I read after this movie, did the next three Santo movies, if okay. I'm not mistaken.
0: Uh, yes, Santo and Miguel Delgado. Santo versus the Infernal Men. This was the other one she was in. Well, she also oh, was okay. in Neutron versus the Maniac. That's another one, too.
7: And did you know that the two monsters in this movie are played by the same actor?
0: I didn't when I sat down to watch it. So I watched it this morning before work, the uh, the dubbed version. So, uh, This morning I was like, wait a minute. And then I started to pick. But like the last time I watched it, like over the weekend, no, it didn't really occur to me. But yeah, it is the same guy. Uh, Gerardo Zepeda. Don't know anything. I probably mispronounced that. I don't know anything about the guy,
7: but he was great. Um, From what I read, he 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 was monsters in a couple other Mexican movies, including Night of the Bloody Apes.
0: Night of the Bloody Ape, um, Santo and the Blue Demon versus the Monsters, which has the aforementioned Fu Manchu Frankenstein.
7: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gotta love it. God, that Frankenstein! I tell ya. But yeah, I thought the monsters were pretty good in this movie. That on is the half beast, half man, and his makeup was okay. But he 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 wasn't around for too long in the movie. But when his Frankenstein monster, I thought. They did a pretty good job making him look like what everyone expects Frankenstein to look like, I guess mm-hmm. without Universal going nuts and suing him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I recognized him as a Frankenstein monster in the phone.
0: Right. Yeah. But I did like Ursus a little bit better. The the monster design on Ursus I
7: really liked. Yeah. And I did notice on my dub on my Eng- English dub version I also had the subtitles on. The subtitles mixed up the two monsters' names at one point. Oh it no. Yes. When uh Ursus was had broken free and was lumbering around in the caves and Norma saw him and he was grunting and, and, and the subtitles kept saying that uh Truxon grunt you know, Truxon went through. I think what is that? I thought that was Ursus. Wait a second, I'm confused, who is this? And I realized they messed up on the subtitles. Huh. okay. But yeah, and speaking of the caves, I don't know what it is with caves, but Mexican horror movies love to put vampires and dolphins and monsters in caves, and I love it. I just oh, I'm here for it. I'm here for (laughs) it. They always they always look good. I don't know. And also, I can't. I've never. I've only been to Mexico once, and that was on the coastline. But in this movie, it's extremely foggy in Mexico. I didn't know it was that foggy in Mexico, but I love (laughs) it. The fog looks great at night, but I don't know how much fog there really is in Mexico.
0: Yeah, I, I love it. I was actually talking with uh, Beth, my girlfriend, last night about Mexico and how someday I'd love to get down there just to kind of see some of the cool stuff that I see in these movies. And we got kind of stuck talking about, like, the mummies of Guanajuato and all of that. But, yeah, I, I don't know. If if I go to visit Mexico and I can't find a graveyard where there's a wrestling match happening, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be pretty <laughs> disappointed. Uh, and you're right about uh, it's all caves. It's all caves with weird, you know, with weirdly convoluted stairs to get to. Maybe there's a bridge. It's it's, yeah. it's all under. How do they get power? I, I don't. How do the bad scientists set up their labs down there and, and nobody notices this happening?
7: I, I don't know. I loved it when when Norma thought she had escaped and she was in the graveyard by herself and sat down to catch her breath and right behind her, one of the ex- exposed tomb doors slides open. And Ursus comes lumbering out, and apparently there's a hidden tunnel back to the caves through one of these tombs. The, <laughs> who would have thought? You know, <laughs> you know, she just happened to sit down right beside the exit to this secret tunnel from from the caves. Anyway, right? All I know is it looked cool, and I was there for it. I love it. But yeah, this, this, this too was, much logic into it. But. You
0: know, there's this weird kind of—I don't know—call it logic. I don't know. I keep referring to the world that they exist in. It's it's like one part Scooby-Doo, one part pro wrestling. I, I just yeah. I adore this stuff, and I could watch these movies nonstop. stop I, I won't, because I have other movies to talk about during the rest of the year <laughs> on Monster Kid
7: Radio. And I, and I know that well, we've I talked... know you're a soundtrack guy, and since you mentioned Scooby-Doo, I couldn't help but know, I, the opening things on, which I think is pretty cool sounding, to me it sounded like they took the incidental background music on a Scooby episode and just sort of turned it into a lounge music sort of type song. I don't know, I kept hearing it, and, I, and I've got that theme song in my head now. I mean, I just I've, I've watched the movie three times a week, and I've got that theme just bouncing in my head right
0: now. Oh, I loved it. I loved it, man. <laughs> oh, no, it was great. The music is part of the charm for these things. Uh, and yeah. I don't know if it's because they just didn't a lot of money on them, I don't know if they lifted them from somewhere else, you know, copyright, whatever. Yeah, but there's I just something about it. the music that just adds to the charm. I, I yeah. know these movies yeah. can't be made today in the same way. I know. Um, but, man, these 60s and especially 70s or monster movies, they just have a quirk and a charm to them that gets me smiling and grinning from ear to ear. And I'm so glad so many people are getting into them as well either independently because you found them some way or we talk about them here on the show and we get people involved. Yeah. Whatever it is, I just adore them.
7: Yeah, they're, they're fun. you got to be in the right state of mind to appreciate them. And uh, I appreciate them the first time I saw them. And even though I still don't really know a lot about them, I just know when I turn one on, I enjoy it. Yes. for no other reason, just, just what I'm seeing on the screen with the monster trappings. You know, and exactly. if I am you, the movie's even good too. And this movie in particular, I think is one of the better ones. I think just like I said, because they they play it straight. There's, there's nobody being silly on screen in this movie.
0: You know, and that's completely by accident that this is the one we ended up talking about because we were talking about having you on to talk about one of the movies from that box set, and I just kind of picked one at random. I, it's like I, No yeah. how about this one? I'm glad this yeah, is the one
7: I'm... I randomly picked because it's. Great. I am. I am. Yeah, it, it's one of my favorite ones.
0: Worked out really, really well. Uh, great cast, great film. The villain, I keep going back to the villain, that Dr. Frankenstein, who gets so frust- frustrated and flustered with Santo, she starts telling everybody, oh, he's sent from hell. He's sent from
7: the devil to yeah. get me. Like, You're the bad guy your lady. What are you talking about? And you know, just like any villain in any movie, halfway through the movie, if she had just completed her plan as she had planned it, he would have won and come out victorious because two-thirds of the way through the movie, she's got him, she's got Santo chained up, he's incapacitated, all she wants is his blood, and she can finish off all the rest of her plan. And instead of just taking his blood and taking the victory and winning on her evil plot, she decides to take his mask off, kiss him, He. Insults her, she gets mad, she wants, you know, get, and all of a sudden it's like getting his blood takes a back seat to just being an evil person, you know, and then ultimately right. she loses, you know, she, she could have just, she could have won her whole plot if she'd have just taken his blood like when she had the chance, but yeah, she's an evil scientist who is so evil she does herself in.
0: Right, exactly. Right. She uh doesn't take too kindly to Santo, calling her an ugly witch and an ugly throne <laughs> <I know. laughs> and all these other things and yeah. yeah, fine. Well, here's some keys. Let yourselves out and go fight this monster. You got a fighting chance. <laughs> I'm
7: out. Peace. No, what? No. Yeah. Just a, just... <laughs> I, don't, I wasn't expecting to feel this in the movie, but towards the end of the movie when Earth is, is impaled and we think probably going to die, and mm-hmm. then Santo comes across him later and actually tries to bandage him and help him, all of a sudden I thought, wow, you know, I really wasn't expecting to feel anything sympathetic towards this Frankenstein-type monster that's been lumbering around doing crazy things for the last forty-five minutes. But now, all of a sudden, this movie's kind of taken a, a serious turn, and I kind of care about this monster. <laughs> it kind of odd, but same for a luchador molester
0: movie. This really kind of pulled at the heartstrings in a way that I I don't normally see or experience. It, it really made me feel bad for this Frankenstein monster grabbing this gaping hole in his chest.
5: Yeah. And
0: not not only is Santo helping, Santo forges a real connection with the guy and Ursus yeah. isn't necessarily the bad guy here. He's the victim of you know, Dr. Frankenstein like everybody else and goes to help Santo even though he's already pretty messed up. It's, it's yeah. something
7: else. wait you know, give the Mexican producers of this movie credit that they made me feel something for this Frankenstein monster that I really didn't feel towards some of the later Universal Frankenstein monsters because really he really was just you know sitting on a slab not doing anything but this one they actually gave you a reason to care about him before the movie was over and the other ones he was just there to further the plot I think because usually Dracula or the Wolfman was the main character in the later Universal.
0: He's a lumbering plot device or a prop, yeah, and that's about it so yeah. you're absolutely right but all
7: of a sudden all of a sudden he was the character i really cared about in the
0: last 20 minutes of this movie agreed i'm right there with you man i'm glad we're on the same page here so listeners please check this out if you haven't had an opportunity to watch this uh whether it's the dubbed version or the subtitled. i think you're going to enjoy it because there's a lot going for it here now, we've talked about some of the the trappings, uh, the, the tropes of classic horror that you have in here, the mad scientist stuff, the graveyard, the acid in the face. I mean, come on. these some pretty yeah. cool stuff. And the Blu-ray still sells for just 50 bucks right now.
7: Yeah, it's not bad. And it's, it, there are eight beautifully remastered movies. I mean, mm-hmm. and these are things that I've, I've owned on DVD for years in lesser quality that are not high-definition and wide-screen. You know, to be able to get them in one box in high definition of widescreen, I, I jumped at the chance and I've been happy with it. They, they did a great job. I hope there's a volume two of it somewhere down the road.
0: I hope it does well enough for them to do that. I really do. I I, I don't think we're ever going to get to the point to where we have like a complete remastered set of all the Santo and Blue Demon films or whatever, but I would like to see more put out there.
7: But you know, I read, again, in one of my books or somewhere that this was the 34th Santo movie. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I got a long ways to go if I want to complete my phantom list.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh let's see. I have like I forget how many at this point. I mentioned it the other day to uh to somebody, maybe even to Kenny on the stream or on the podcast. I've got quite a few luchador movies. I haven't watched all that I have, but I've got quite a few. Yeah. I'm glad I got, got around about, to covering this one.
3: I've got about
7: forty. I got about forty luchador, and I've got about forty that are just straight part movies and for one reason or another, I love all of them for different reasons. So, mm-hmm. uh, and one of the reasons is I never had an opportunity to see these until I got a hold of them 20 years ago. They never were shown on TV, and we know where I live. I, I never came across... They were probably on the DSS case, but I never came across one or saw one. So, you know, when I was a grown man and finally got to see these movies that I had seen photographs of in famous Monsters magazine, I thought I had found gold. All of a sudden, I could watch an old horror movie that was new to me that I had never seen before. And that's one of the reasons I'm so excited about these movies even today. I found them late in life, so they're they're still new to me.
0: You know, and that's a really good point. that's something that I feel, too, because I've seen a lot of movies. <laughs> <laughs> and to be able to find a movie that still feels like it's of that quote-unquote classic era, even if it's just the 70s or whatever, that I've never seen before, that's special to me because I've seen a lot, you know, between, I mean, I've been podcasting for over 10 years and it's all been movie stuff. So lots and lots of podcasting and movies in me. It's fun to find something new and and different to me. And the Luchador movies represent that. It used to be the Kaiju movies, but I got through all the Godzilla flicks. Now it's all the Luchador stuff. And, you know, I'm looking at my collection right now. So I've got 66 Luchador movies on my hard drive right now that oh, I've picked wow. up from various places, and I'd say I may have watched maybe about a fifth of them.
7: Yeah. I watched a lot of nine years ago, so I need to rewatch them. It's been quite a while since I've seen them, so they would almost be new to me if I watched them again. Yeah. So, and I, I'm also going through, talking about watching something old that's new to you. I'm, I'm going through that same thing right now with Paul Neshi movies, because a oh, lot okay. of Blu-rays are coming out now, and I'm watching these 50-year-old movies for the first time, and loving them and to me they're new they're new to me i mean I, i've heard of them forever but now i've got my hands on them every month a new one comes out and i'm enjoying those some of these foreign movies have really been fun to get into as an adult having never had an opportunity to see them before so it's 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 fun getting a hold of, of new old stuff so you that we go. like to watch
0: new old stuff that's what monster kid radio is all about <laughs> new
7: old yeah, stuff gotta keep got it fresh on
0: <laughs> new old stuff and meeting people and, and chatting with people that we've never had an opportunity to, to interact with before like you Steve so thank you for doing this and thank you for helping us kind of wind down Lucha de Mayo 2022 with this you know this isn't over though because we got to do a round of the Classic Uh-oh.
7: 5 what do you think Uh I, I I'm going to say I'm ready and will tell if i'm ready or not if yes, i do enjoy it when I do. other people do it we'll see if i enjoy it when i do it the classic
0: five. five the classic five it's a game that we play on every episode of monster kid radio or at least i try to remember to do it on every episode of monster Kid radio <laughs> it is a literal deck of cards each card has a this or that which movie do you prefer style question on them there are no wrong answers it's just a way to get people talking get our, us talking about our favorite topic which is monster movies now for the past couple of weeks I've been doing very luchador flavored uh, decks because right. questions because you know the people have been on the show before that sort of thing but you're brand new man. I am brand new. I, I'm opening up. I'm bringing in the whole thing. I'm bringing up. I'm opening up the whole Uh-oh. deck, man.
7: Uh oh. Okay.
0: All right. So this is a literal deck of cards here. I wonder if the microphone will pick this up. Kind of a. I hear you shuffling. I kind, hear you shuffling. Kind of a shuffle. Kind of a shuffle. All right. Here we go. Card number one.
7: All
0: right. What okay. classic monster movie would you like to see turned into a theme park attraction?
7: Theme park attraction. Uh, I'm going to go with Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, oh, oh.
0: Dude, you've when, already when, been on the show. People, you don't have to suck up to me anymore. I mean, you've already. Uh, been on. And, and
7: not just because you love that movie, but because you know, when I think of theme parks, I think of Summer Vacation, and when I think of the Creature, I think of water Ooh, and yeah. warm weather warm weather so people are already going to be dressed properly to go out there now i don't know how they'd implement the creature in, into this but at least it would it would be fun to to be in in, in a closed environment with, with a creature swimming around and uh of course they tried that in the second creature movie didn't go over so well but i think it would be fun <laughs> <laughs> see i'm gonna take pictures completely right on right on yeah you know yeah
0: yeah, so you basically just guaranteed that you get to be back on the show at some point by saying that.
7: Hey, great, great.
0: <laughs> Card number two, who's your favorite actor to play Frankenstein's monster?
7: Oh, gosh. How can I say anything except Karloff? Not that other ones haven't done well in the part, but that's the one that grabbed me when I discovered horror movies at 8-7, and he still grabs me. Man, I'm going to say Karloff. I got to say Karloff.
0: Karloff so we yeah. have i mean Carla. all right question number three okay this is not planned this is literally just Uh-oh. i'm drawing Uh-oh. who's your favorite actor to play dr frankenstein
7: <laughs> ah that that one is uh is a close one because um it, it's great it's Colin clivey as i've always had a thing for how maniacal basil rathbone was in son of frankenstein But how can you hold that against all the different times that Peter Cushing played him in Hammer? So I'm going to have to say Cushing. Well,
0: I'm on team Cushing. I've made that pretty darn clear. So, yeah. I'm right
7: there with you. No matter what what Cushing is doing on screen, he just seems to hold my attention. And uh, that's pretty hard to do for somebody like me who's like a squirrel who just darts from one interest to another quickly. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Mm. I get it. That works for me. Card number four. What kaiju
0: film would you like to see turned into a TV show?
7: Oh, wow. Kaiju film. TV show. Well. Hmm. I'm going to say King Kong. Well, Godzilla versus King Kong, I guess. Ooh, um, yes. Uh, for some reason... The fall of those two, tangling it, getting into it and fighting just seems like something that would be fun to watch week after week.
0: <laughs> yeah, give me a weekly show of that.
7: <laughs> yeah. See, I, I'd say that. I like it. I like it.
0: Alright. Final question. If you could have been on set during the production of a Universal Monster movie, which one would it have been?
7: Ooh. Ooh. Wow. So many. Um, uh quickly here. I'm going to say I'm going to say Son of Frankenstein. Because if I was on that set, I could watch Carloff and Lugosi and Atwill and Rathbone and I can only imagine how entertaining it would be to be at a room with all four of them for several days watching them do anything. Oh,
0: wow. (laughs) Yeah. Especially Lugosi. Just I feel well, like... Well, walk around the set. They're sets, I mean. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the sets, and I feel like Legos. He just... I don't know if he was, like, overcompensating because he missed out on playing the monster or what, but he's just relishing his time as Igor. Love to watch really He
7: good in that movie. He just... He seems to be having so much fun doing that role. And yeah. It and it's the same. He didn't get more chances to get a meaty role like that at Universal after dracula and yeah his fall fall from grace immediately after dracula it seems like it's universal yeah i but, still don't uh, get
0: that I still don't get that why it happened the way that it did i mean i have i, I think noticed. we all kind of have ideas as to why but it's just so unwarranted yeah they're i
7: just, don't know i mean deserve better that that is just proof that he could have done so much if you just had had a chance
0: exactly exactly but hey you survived your first round of the classic five
7: that wasn't as painful as i
0: thought it would be oh if you good, wanted it painful awesome. i could you know no. <laughs> i have some Maybe deep I'd cut fun. cards we can get into here
7: so oh oh i better quit while i'm there here
0: <laughs> oh this is fun thank you for doing this and you know thanks for your support of monster kid radio over the years and you know, pop it into the chat yeah. room during the, uh, the monster kid movie streams uh, or to be the monster kid movie club in the twitch streams that's yeah. it
7: yeah. Well, thank you for inviting me. I, like I said, I have listened to every episode and week after week. It's just, <laughs> and you still wanted I, to be on, it, it, so you know, great. It, it's just, <laughs> and I still wanted to be on. But yeah, I, I knew, I knew when that when that box set came out, I thought, wow, Garrett's I, 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 got to be loving this as much as I am. I, I, this this is an eight film set. This has got to be something that he did. He would love to watch. Uh, I uh, I'm glad you're you're enjoying watching these movies too, because I thought about you when they came out, and I, and I know that every May you have the the movies that you do, so, so yeah. I, I'm glad to be a part of any episode, but particularly I'm glad to be a part of uh, of this episode.
0: Right on. Well, depending on uh, how you feel with what I do with the final edit, you're welcome to come back. <laughs> uh- <laughs> <laughs>
7: okay, <laughs> sounds good. That sounds good.
5: Night of the Bloody Apes See, creatures that are half man, half beast All horror They rip, they tear, they claw you to pieces The Night of the Bloody Apes Makes you see the hell man creates for himself The Night of the Bloody
2: Apes
3: No, no
2: Ah! Sheer stark terror grips you in underwater 3D in Creature from the Black Lagoon. The most terrifying monster of the ages rises from the sea, raging with pent-up passion. Making every man his mortal enemy, every woman's beauty his prey. Creature from the Black Lagoon in 3D, starring Richard Carlson and Julie Adams. Every horrifying scene leaps out of the screen right at you. A universal re-release rated G. (laughs)
0: All right, that brings us to the end of this episode of Monster Kid Radio. Big thanks to Kenny, to Mark, and to Steve. And what the heck, big thanks to Santo himself for making this week's episode of Monster Kid Radio possible and enjoyable. I talked a little bit about this last week in the conversation with Kenny. I, I don't know what we're going to do about Lucha de Mayo moving forward. I have had a couple of suggestions thrown my way. Some comments have come up in various chats on the movie stream, that sort of thing, and I honestly don't know what we're going to do yet. I love talking about these movies and Kenny did rightfully call me out on this. I I typically sequester sequester. Is that the word I'm looking for? I don't think it is. Um, I I talk about these movies in may and that's about it. Unless there's like an off weird Wednesday showing somewhere or something like that. I kind of want to let them break out of their may box. I think Lucha de Mayo is a fun little gimmick. But I wonder if my love for these movies has outgrown that gimmick. So we'll see. You know, maybe Lucha de Mayo needs to be retired and we just rotate these movies into regular coverage here on Monster Kid Radio or we do something separate. Like I talked briefly, kind of, sort of, maybe I didn't include this in the actual final edit part of the conversation uh, that I had with Robert Kelly a couple weeks ago uh, when we were talking about one of these movies. So, so who knows? If you have any thoughts, so about how to handle talking about luchador movies moving forward on Monster Kid Radio, I'd love to hear your thoughts.
6: You can call and leave a voicemail for Monster Kid Radio at 503-810-5MKR. That's 503-810-5657. Or you can send an email to the podcast. MonsterKidRadio at gmail.com is the email address. That's monsterkidradio at gmail.com. Of
0: course, that contact information is available on our website at monsterkidradio.net, where you can find out everything you need to know about Monster Kid Radio while you listen or between episodes or whenever. (laughs) Everything's there. Links to our Facebook page, our Facebook group, our Twitch, our Twitter, our Discord, our Reddit. It's all there. I don't have a lot of time to really maintain and keep conversations going in Discord or in Reddit. That sort of thing. So it's up to y'all. I would love to see some people get involved. I would love to see some community involvement from the community. So if you're a user of Reddit, please consider dropping in and starting some conversations and chatting it up. If you're on Discord, please consider hopping on over there. And if you are available on Saturday, please consider dropping by our Twitch stream at twitch.tv monsterkidradio radio, where we show movies all day Along with a live chat with an awesome group of folks who love to just chat it up with their fellow monster kids while the movies are showing. It's the only time I'm going to encourage you to actually chat during a movie. So please, join us over there as well. Movies, giveaways, community, conversation. It's just a good time. We do a similar thing on Tuesday as well. So on Saturday, it starts at 11 a.m. Pacific. Movies start around noon. And then on Tuesday, around 3.30 or so in the afternoon, is when the pre-show starts with the movies themselves starting around 4. So please consider joining us for free and having a good time there. What's coming up next week here on the show? Well, I've got a recording that I've been sitting on for a little while now. It's The Legend of Hell House.
5: The spirits of the dead can indeed invade the human body. Beyond this gate lurks an experience that will touch a fear you'll never knew you had. The legend of hell house from 20th century Fox rated PG parental guidance suggested for the sake of your sanity. Pray it isn't
0: true. I'll be joined next week by Alistair Hughes, who's been on the show before, but also you can catch him as one half of the team behind the hammerama podcast, which is part of the Diecast Movie Podcast family or network. He and Steve Turek talk about Hammer movies over there. He took some time to swing by Monster Kid Radio to talk about The Legend of Hell House. And oh boy, I haven't listened to the recording since it actually happened. So I hope I communicate in that episode what I feel about the movie now in my heart. And uh, I guess I'll just have to listen to next week's episode to find out, and so will you. So please consider joining us next week here on the show. What's coming up after that? Not 100% sure, but I know within the next few weeks, Steve Sullivan and I will be reconvening to discuss the winners of this year's Rally Awards, Part One. So that'll be coming up. Plus, I'm trying to line up some time with Tom Garganis to talk about The Flying Serpent from 1946. So that's probably going to be happening here soon as well. So for those of you who are waiting on pins and needles to hear about what's coming up on a future episode of Monster Kid Radio, Kenny? There you go. And while wrapping this up, I just got a Facebook message from Frank Dello Strido. Frank Dello Strido is an incredible author, great guy. He's been on the show in the past. He's a supporter of Monster Kid Radio in so many ways. A friend of mine, he was asking if I was going to be at the Monster Bash. And I think I've talked about this in a few places. I'm going to say it again here. I am not going to be at the Summer Monster Bash. I wish I could be but it's just not in the cards for me. Unfortunately, financially, I'm just on the spot. I thought I'd be further along uh, with my, well, I guess dreams and my hopes and my aspirations and all that at this point in my life, at this point in the year, and I'm just not there. So I have to regretfully announce that I will not be at the Summer Monster Bash. It doesn't mean you shouldn't go. If you're in the area or if you can afford it or whatever, please go. Have a good time. Sounds like it's going to be awesome. I just am not in a place where I'm going to be able to attend myself. Uh, You know, if I pull back the Monster Curtain a little bit, if I'm being completely honest, it costs me over $1,000 to go. That's a lot of money, uh, especially since the kind of money that I make at the quote-unquote day job barely pays the bills. So anything extra goes to you know, supporting the podcast and supporting Wednesday's expensive cat food diet. Um, (laughs) It's just, it's hard. I'd love to go. Gang, I miss y'all. I really do. But financially, it's just not in the cards. Now, that's not saying I'll never go back to Monster Bash. I would love to go back. I'm pretty sure that I'm not going to the October Bash either, even though I would really like to be there for some of my friends who are doing something really awesome there. It just... Financially, I don't think it can happen. But maybe 2023 will be different. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Let's go ahead and wrap up by reminding everybody that, at least for now, Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio, LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio, LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 unported license. Of course, that doesn't apply to the song Ogre Island, that belongs to the band The Delstroyers. You can pick that up on their album, 10,000 Ways to Die. It's brand new this month. Copyright 2022. Check them out at thedelstroyers.bandcamp.com Check out their tour schedule. Check out the rest of their music and let them know the Monster Kid Radio sent My name is Derek M. Cook. I'll talk to everybody next week. Adios.